0: Hello, beautiful humans. Welcome to Role Models, juicy conversations with beautiful humans. I'm Jennifer Norman, founder of the Human Beauty Movement and your host. This lovely lady sitting across from me is Tammy Haddad. Tammy is a proud member of the Navajo Nation and member of the LGBTQ community. She's also a modern day, third generation educator. She's kind of like Mr. Rogers with a hot pink scrunchie. So I'm (laughs) excited for our conversation. Welcome, Tammy. Hi, it's so nice to be talking with you today. I'm so glad you're here. Now, I am such a big proponent of intersectionalism, and you come from all these wonderful parts of your background. I would love for you to tell us a little bit about your story. Oh, great. Yeah. So my mom is
1: actually the one. She is Navajo Native American, so she brought me up. She actually grew up on the reservation and then moved here to Las Vegas to be with my dad. They met in college. And my mom worked really, really hard to leave the reservation and get her degree. And then, you know, she kind of started working with my dad and stuff. And then they decided to birth me and I have three other siblings. So we are all half Navajo and enrolled in the tribe. It's definitely a very interesting background to have because growing up, I never actually met anybody who is Navajo that I wasn't related to pretty much until I went to college. (laughs) And even then I met maybe like five,
0: five other Navajo people. Wow. So what is it like imagining that your mom probably kept some of the traditions in your family upbringing? Was there anything specific that you can share?
1: My favorite part of my Navajo culture is the food. I think a lot of people like the food in any culture because it's something so easily that we can all bond over my mom makes Navajo tacos it's kind of like fry bread it's just fried bread I don't know how else to describe it somebody I had one of my friends try it one time and she told me it's kind of like a sopapilla and you put like chili beans in there and kind of make it into like a chili taco with like cheese toppings and lettuce and that kind of stuff
0: Oh, it sounds amazing. You're making me happy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then also just visiting the reservation, too, I think is a really interesting experience that I didn't really realize that I was seeing something that not a lot of people get to see in their day to day life when I would visit my mom's family on the reservation because there's very few roads. And my great grandma lived in, it's called a Hogan. And so it's kind of like mud hut. I don't want to call it a mud hut because that sounds bad, but it's a natural type of home. And she didn't have running water or anything like that. She passed away when I was a teenager. So, and she was so old. Nobody actually knew how old she was because she didn't have a birth certificate, right? Because she was born on the
0: reservation
1: and she was the oldest
0: one, (laughs) Wow, how amazing. And there's really just a a love of nature, isn't there? Oh, definitely. I think
1: on the reservation, so if you've heard of the Navajo Long Walk, the reason why Native American people ended up on the reservation, the reservation is a very desolate kind of area, I guess you could say. And it's not all reservations. I'm talking about the one that my grandparents live at, which is in the Navajo Nation. It can be very dry there, but there are these absolutely beautiful rocks. And, you know, I grew up really far away from that because I live in a big city. So I grew up very far away from all of that. So visiting and kind of taking the time to hear what true quiet sounds like because there's nobody around for miles and miles. I am very thankful for that experience as well. And being able to see the stars on the reservation because there's no light pollution. Really incredible.
0: That is a beautiful thing. Wow. And what about any kinds of rituals or traditions that you might have held in your family? Oh, yeah. My
1: grandpa is actually a medicine man. So he does different types of ceremonies for different people. I had a few when I was growing up. I remember they have them for kids sometimes, like when you go through certain milestones of your life. So similar to like a quinceanera or, oh, I can't think of any, like what, about the, you know, like that. So they have ceremonies for that or trying to heal different issues but I'm not a medicine man but my grandpa is so he would be much more qualified to talk on that
0: yeah no that is so fascinating so then you're growing up and you decided that you wanted to go into education right yeah I always loved school okay
1: I was always a very good student and I was good at learning stuff good at writing and I liked reading. So in college, I actually was really into music. I was playing the flute. That was what I did, and I was doing it pretty seriously. And so my first year of college, I was actually in music education, but I was kind of thinking like, you know, I want a job. I want to get, be able to get a job when I leave. And so I was thinking about, you know, things that I'm interested in and there's definitely always a need for teachers. And the way I saw the world working, you know, with all the robots coming around and doing <laughs> stuff for us, like so much yeah. is automated. Yeah. But there's not a doubt in my mind that teaching is always going to be a, a career path that is really necessary.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And you were teaching fifth grade, right? Yeah. So I work with mostly like that Preteen age. Oh, love them. My, the tweens and the preteens. Yeah. So 10, 11, 12. Those are mostly the ages that I worked with. But, you know, I've worked with all ages.
0: Wow. And so, gosh, there's very big experience in becoming an educator and then the exposure to kids. What do you make of kids these days? What surprises you about them? Ooh, what surprises me
1: about kids these days? OK, I'll give you one big surprise that I really wasn't expecting because so I'm not very old. And that's kind of the, one of the reasons why I was like, oh, my gosh, it's so cool to be a teacher right now, because I was in school not too long ago when it's your first year teaching. It's so awesome. So one of my students at the beginning of this year, she raised her hand and she asked me, she said, Miss Haddad, are we going to listen to podcasts this year? And I was like, what? You want to <laughs> listen to a podcast I've never heard of such a thing. Like, I never heard of a kid listening to a podcast. I never wanted, well, not that I never wanted to listen to a podcast when I was a kid, but I just didn't know what it was. So because of that one student, I did end up looking into some kids' podcasts, and my students really enjoyed listening to them. It was kind of like watching a movie, except for you have to practice your listening skills.
0: Ooh, and who couldn't use some more of that these days? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, Teachers have had a really challenging couple of years these past years with the pandemic, and I give teachers so much credit for being so resilient at a time when, you know, there were a lot of things swirling in the universe, (laughs) for sure, for sure, and continue to do so. I think that, you know, the education system has definitely had quite a, you know, a strong and formidable challenge this year and from many different aspects. If you could wave a magic wand, like what would be your greatest wish for the education system in America? my greatest wish would be
1: to have smaller class
0: sizes I
1: love being able to work with students one-on-one or even in a small group there is some research that has been done and it led to a law in the state of Florida I believe Florida where they do not have more than 21 or 23 I think it's 23 kids in the classroom Mm -hmm. so that's the student to teacher ratio That everybody's always talking about. You know, when you go to university, one of the big selling points is the student to teacher ratio. And in schools, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. I know there is some schools in the district where I am, where there's up to 32 kids in a classroom. I mean, it goes up from there. And when you have that many kids in the classroom, you end up with more behavioral issues. And also, it's harder to meet every learner where they're at, which I think is the most important part. So that's one thing I love about being able to tutor students and work with them one-on-one is really being able to talk to just one student and figure out where they they are, because it can accelerate the learning so much more than just in a regular classroom.
0: Mm, absolutely. People thrive on that personal attention, especially these days. There's so much divergence in the way that children are learning and the way that they're absorbing information. And so we've all recognized that the cookie cutter, one size fits all route of education is not really, you know, suiting the needs for a lot of them, is it? Yeah, I believe the inventor of education, one of my students asked me this one time, so
1: this is why I know a little bit about it. I think the modern education we know it is invented by a man. His name is Horace Mann, I'm pretty sure. I'm 90% sure. Maybe you could fact check me on that one. And it's been around since... I mean, for hundreds of years, this guy, Horace Mann, he created basically like a curriculum of saying, hey, this is what all kids need to learn. And sure, it's evolved as time has gone on, which I think is really cool. The state that I'm in actually just introduced computer science learning standards for kindergarten through 12th grade. I don't know about every state. I'm just kind of up to date on where I am, but I think every state should do it. And when I read through them, I was actually pleasantly surprised to see how applicable they are to today's world and what I actually agree with what I think kids should be learning because I grew up on the computer. Like mm-hmm. I was playing computer games when I was like two years old because my dad was a big technology person. So I just happened to grow up around that type of stuff. So yeah, I think the computer science standards are awesome.
0: I actually am really amazed at some of the things that you can find online and YouTube, for example. I have a son who loves to watch, I think it's like TED for kids and yeah. like, it's almost like TEDx kids and it's brilliant and it really makes learning fun and there's a lot of really great creators that are doing wonderful you know wonderful videos that show you know different fun ways of learning science or physics or things that would otherwise be really boring (laughs) absolutely
1: I that's I feel the exact same way where I'm like you know kids have this natural curiosity they want to learn and I would even say not just kids all people naturally kind of want to learn Now, if you're being stuck in a room with fluorescent lighting or you're being glued, your butt's glued to a computer seat and you have to sit in front of a camera for eight hours while you're on Zoom school, that's not fun. I don't (laughs) think that's fun. If my greatest dream were to come true and you were in a classroom where you had, oh, I don't know what, like eight students, if you're just working with eight of your friends and a teacher who you love and trust,
0: Mm -hmm. I'm sure
1: amazing things would happen.
0: Yeah, you know, and I can even recall by I me, mean, I'm quite a bit older, but I remember the professors and the teachers that made learning fun were the ones that were absolute the standouts, everybody loved them, they were our favorites. And it was because they really related and understood what was going to keep our attention and, you know, help us to process the information so that, like, I still remember, like, you know, different things that people would put music to even learning by music, I remember that amino acids are the substances that are the building blocks of protein, you know, it's like just silly absolutely. things like that, that stick with you, because you were able to engage and learn in a different way yeah I have the same thing I think you know everybody has their favorite
1: teacher story and I'm sure every person who attended school in America probably has at least one song that they will just know (laughs) forever because they their teacher made them sing it or whatever and I definitely had a couple songs like that in this last year with my classroom so really what I think you're getting to is the power of listening is so important. And we do, we all need to practice that a little bit more. Listen to your teachers, listen to Mm -hmm. parents, your guardians.
0: It's true. I know a lot of times people are just like longing and waiting for their next opportunity to speak and they're too focused on, you know, what's going to come out of their mouths rather than like seeking to understand first. And so you're exactly right. That's a really powerful lesson. Wow. So then again, I know that we were talking about, you know, school and whatnot. And with your upbringing, you had mentioned that you're a member of the LGBTQ community. And I just wanted to see, you know, what was that like kind of intersecting with your Navajo upbringing or being an educator? It seems like it had come quite naturally. your experience was largely positive is that right oh yeah I have or had had and have a
1: great time being a member of the LGBT community I came out when I was 16 and a lot of people think you know about kids being gay or whatever some people say like it's starting to become more mainstream in mainstream media right like I believe was it the Buzz Lightyear movie there was a gay kiss or something and you know there's lots of people talking about it and saying, I don't want my kids to turn gay, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And of course, that's not true. That's not going to happen. I knew that I was gay by the time I was probably like 13. So I think that now it's a lot easier for kids to kind of come to terms with who they are, whether that's their gender or, you know, who they romantically might be interested in because of the exposure that's in the media and just, Queer people or trans people, whatever kind of people, you know, can be kind of like in this podcast, what you're doing, where you put different types of people out on screen on the internet where anybody can kind of see, like, hey, you know, all people look different. It's not always the same type of person. So everybody has different experiences. But I had a very fun and safe time. I came out when I was 16 and my parents were like, cool. And I was like, cool. And then I went to college and continued on about my life. But I do feel proud of myself in a classroom and educational context because, so quote the name of your podcast, I feel like a role model when I'm able to stand up in front of a bunch of kids and, you know, I did not have a professor or a teacher who was Native American ever until I was in college, and that was one class, and she taught multicultural education, and my jaw was on the floor when I realized that she was Navajo, like I think she said something in Navajo, and I was like, oh my goodness, I have never met anybody from my tribe before who wasn't my family member, so that Is so cool, and so for me to think that I am that person in the classroom, or you know, it could be even with being gay. I mean, I I don't announce that to my students or anything, right? But it's not something I try to hide. You know, I I try to pick out diverse books with different types of main characters for that reason. I've had students who came out to me, and it, it means so much to me that my students have been able to. Share that with me that I'm not coming off as like a threatening person, or that they know that they can come to me and just truthful about who they are mm-hmm. and kind of like test out the waters too, right? Because I think now that preteen age, they tend to be experimenting, I guess, maybe with what their identity is.
0: Yeah. Would they come out to you before their parents even? Yeah.
1: So I had, when I I was teaching sixth grade and then fifth grade, and I had a couple students in fifth grade who had told me something along those lines, but I know my sixth graders, that was the year that we were online on Mm -hmm. Zoom. So it was definitely a hard year, right? Because everybody says the most important part of teaching is making relationships with your student. Now, making a relationship with a kid over a webcam, I mean, That was a challenge in and of itself. I couldn't believe it. I still had students who chose to come out to me and, you know, and then there's whole other things you have to do with that, right? Like to the kid, you know, I'm kind of like, well, do you want me to tell your parents about your pronouns? Do you want me to tell the other teachers about your pronouns? Like, how do you want me to address, you know? And so just navigating it like that and being careful, but yeah, it's definitely an honor and it's really cool to be the cool teacher.
0: Oh my gosh that is one thing to celebrate. What a wonderful time that we do live in where there are communities, there are schools, there are places where people can feel comfortable being themselves. And more now so than ever before, I really feel that the fact that we've been able to all come out of the closet, so to speak, is like, it's very refreshing. It's very liberating. I can imagine how much so many men and women, what they had gone through in order to feel comfortable enough to come out of the closet to some of their parents and to to their family and friends that would not have been so accepting if it hadn't become so mainstream, you know? Yeah, or I
1: remember the legalization of gay marriage. I don't know if this is one of those things where like everybody says they remember where they were. I was in high school and I was having a sleepover with some of my friends and I remember like waking up in the morning and my friends were like, hey, they legalized gay marriage. And I was like, Oh, cool. And how privileged of me that, I mean, I wasn't really thinking about getting married or anything like that in high school, but I never worried like, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to get married if I wanted to marry somebody of the same gender as me. No, I never had that worry. Good for me and good for us as a society.
0: Yeah, yeah, let's, and we're all keeping, you know, the hope alive that it stays that way. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) for sure, for sure. Now, I'm really excited because I was just asked to do a gay wedding. I actually became an ordained minister so that I could actually marry a beautiful gay couple who are very near and dear to my heart, and so that's going to be next year. And I am so excited; I just can't wait. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I get emotional. I don't know. I would be so happy.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely thrilling. So moving on to some of your other things that you love. I know that you said that you're into gaming and I know nothing about gaming. I mean, I, every once in a while might do like a Candy Crush. <laughs> but
1: Candy Crush is a game and it's a great extent, one.
0: That's the extent of it. But tell me what you're into. What are the kids into these days? So what
1: are the kids into these days? Well, I have a little sister who's in high school and she's obsessed with this game called Valorant. I just got a gaming PC, which is what everybody is buying now. You know, there's a big um, shortage of computer parts and yes. for some reason. I don't really know that much about it. My little brother, I grew up in a family. This is really what it is my family is really into technology. So my dad owned like a video editing business. So he always had these computers around and stuff. So then he had me and he got me this typing game when I was like one or two years old. So I'm like really fast at typing because I've been doing it since I was a baby. And then he had my other brother. And then I have, so I have two brothers and one of them, he likes to build PCs. And my sister, she's really into gaming and stuff like that. And she's studying architecture. So games that kids are into, I like to play Fortnite. Have you heard okay. of
0: Fortnite? I've heard of Fortnite yes have I have heard not of played Fortnite. Fortnite but I know that it's probably one of the most popular ones.
1: Yeah, I think it is too. So that's one of the big ones that I play right now especially like when I think of kid friendly games like the games that kids are playing. I just had a parent ask me if his student I mean his son he's my student. The parent asked me if his son should play Fortnite this is like an 11 year old I think he was basically asking me like if it's safe for kids because he was like oh yeah he said that you play I was like oh yeah I play Fortnite and I think it's a better shooting game for kids I mean as much as you know if you don't want your kids to see guns then don't let them play video games ever I guess or stick with like Nintendo games right because Nintendo games are the ones that don't have guns but Fortnite yeah it has guns but it's more of like a cartoon and there's no blood so okay
0: Yeah, my son, I mean, I know that he was gifted a PS2 and, you know, the Animal Crossing was a big craze for a while and oh, she just yeah. liked the whole Mario Kart and like those sorts of things. <laughs> definitely. I know Mario Kart, I don't play it too much. That's more of like a party
1: game, but I do <laughs> definitely love Animal Crossing and especially with gaming, I try to think of what kids are interested in and I listen, the power of listening. I listen to what my students say. So for example, that girl who asked me about podcasts or A lot of my students played Fortnite and stuff. So I was like, you know, I'll give this a try so I can be hip with the cool kids and understand what they're talking about. And then because I knew about Fortnite, I would write some Fortnite themed math problems because there's math in everything. Yeah. You just have to make it a little bit more interesting for kids to be like, oh, my God, Fortnite math. So, (laughs) yeah. And same thing with Animal Crossing. And that's kind of like what we do on the podcast, right? Is talk about on my Cozy Rainbow podcast, we talk about just random fun stuff and kind of secretly integrating it into an academic subject. But it's very natural because, you know, academic subjects are just integrated in life. That's why we learn them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What are some of the biggest life lessons that you think that you've learned along the way? Well, hmm. Okay. Take your time. (laughs) Yeah. Were you ever in Girl Scouts? I was a brownie. You're a brownie. Okay, did
1: you ever hear that song, that Girl Scout song where they say, make new friends, but keep the old?
0: One is silver and the other's gold.
1: (laughs) Okay, yes, I remember singing that all the time. Well, okay, not all the time, but when (laughs) I was in Girl Scouts and I actually wasn't in Girl Scouts for very long, I ended up quitting. But it was just, I mean, it had more to do with, I wasn't into camping at the time and they were going on a camping trip. But regardless, the Girl Scout songs, make new friends, but keep the old. That line has always kind of been, stuck in my head and I never understood what it meant but now as I've kind of gotten older you know I think who doesn't love having friends okay and I've had a lot of friends in my life and I've been really lucky to meet a lot of the people that I have but unfortunately you know life will take us away from our friends sometimes for a variety of different reasons you know it doesn't even have to be something as extreme as death it could just be moving up to a different state or a different country or even if you just get into a little debacle, a little fight with your friend. I like to just remember make new friends, but keep the old.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So I always stay friendly with people that I've, and try to keep in touch with people from my past, but it's always important to keep making new friends
0: as well. I absolutely agree. You know, it's funny because I was just recently messaged from woman that I was roommates with her in college. I was in the same sorority as her. And she said that she was coming into town and was going to be with another sorority sister because they were going to a sorority alumni convention. And could we all have lunch together? And I was like, oh my goodness, I graduated in 1992. I haven't seen them since 30 years ago. And we get together for lunch and it was like nothing changed. It was just like, of course, we had to catch up on 30 years, but it was just absolutely amazing that like some of the connections that you're making when you're young, when you're in elementary school, high school, college, you name it. I mean, you're going to have those friendships for a life if you wish for them to be. And it does, yeah, and it, but it how, doesn't have to be as simple as like, oh my God, this person is my best friend forever. When yeah. we say make new friends and yeah. keep the old. So yeah. Yeah, no, it's absolutely fabulous. I love that. I remember that song too. And from when I was a Brownie, I never made it to Girl Scouts. <laughs> I don't think I was. I was oh, grown. you go up in the ranks. That's right. I yeah, I, 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 was too, fr- I don't know if I ever made it to Girl Scout material. I've got involved in other things, but I also remember, gosh, this was probably the first grade. We learned this song by Barry Manilow called mm. I Can't Smile Without You. And we learned it with sign language. And I still remember how to sign <laughs> the song because yeah. of putting it all together just kinetically and music. And it's just so funny. I actually did a TikTok recently and, <laughs> and brought it back. <laughs> oh, good. I'm sure your first grade teacher would love that <laughs> Would be Sometimes I wonder
1: you know what is gonna like if any of my students will come back and be like oh yeah I remember my old teacher what it's hard to imagine now but it I mean that's what happens
0: yeah when those old photos resurface you know when you're with like back from first grade or kindergarten it's very amusing and you will be in there <laughs> definitely Well, Tammy, it was an absolute pleasure to speak with you today. I'll make sure that everybody can find you in the show notes. And I really wish you a wonderful day. Thank you so much. You too.